everyone. Welcome to a special edition of Way in Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin, and we join you today at a special time and a special day, actually. You know, some days you get a day off work and you have some people on the same schedule as you and you can talk some sports. So I'll be joined today by Cuervo from that being said and on campus with Cuervo. So he's going to be joining me momentarily. Uh, we had to cancel the 30-minute show just a few minutes ago due to technical difficulties. So we are back now. Ready to talk some sports, Cuervo. Hope all is well. How are you? Tarvino, how's it going? How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm good, man. I'm I'm excited about, you know, Major League Baseball right now, college football, big weekend coming up, and the NFL, man. There's a lot going on. There is. Uh, this is, you know, this October stretch is one of the best of, of the year in reality because you got the NFL and you know, starting to get in full swing. College football is definitely in full swing. A lot of teams are playing their fourth, fifth game of the season, and then you got, you know, you got the baseball playoffs heating up, which is always a good thing. So, uh, I lo- I love the month of October. It's it's a really good sports month. Well, let's. I mean, you said baseball. I said baseball. Let's let's talk a little baseball real quick. I don't know if you've been following, you know, the playoffs. What's going to be happening? But right now. The Braves have won the East, and the Cardinals and the Braves are in a dogfight right now for the best record in the National League, Cuervo. Give us your thoughts on which team is going to end up uh, winning out and getting home field. Uh, well, I, I definitely think Atlanta's, uh, you know, a good contender as far as the National League is concerned. Um, you know, I, I think a team to look out for as well, obviously, is, I mean, even though I'm a Cubs fan, I have to I have to be real about it. I think the St. Louis Cardinals are, are a team that you always have to watch out for. Any anytime it, it seems like every year they get very little to no attention is the team that they is the year that they always contend. You know, a couple of years ago when they played Texas in the World Series, nobody expected the Cardinals to make it and they did. So, you know, I, I think just like last year when I mentioned everybody was, was all about the Angels and stuff like that. You know, I, I told the scorekeeper, I said, watch out for the Detroit Tigers, and, you know, they wind up getting to the World Series. So uh, there, there are certain teams out there, they just they embrace that that role of, hey, nobody's paying attention to us, nobody's talking about us, and the Cardinals are one of those teams that I think definitely uh, take advantage of that. So they, they like to fly under the star. So the Cardinals, I think, are, are uh, you know, right there as well. Well, I, my predictions – you know, preseason, I believe I got two out of three in the American League and I believe two out of three or three out of three in the National League. I have to go back and check, but I did miss Boston Cuervo. Boston Red Sox, they looked good this year. I thought they would take a step back. And mm-hmm. the team I predicted to win the division, the Toronto Blue Jays, finished dead last in the division. Go figure, man. But I'm ready for some playoffs. And right now the American League is tight, Cuervo, with the with a wild card right now. They have the Oakland Athletics. They won the West, of course. But Tampa Bay and Cleveland are deadlocked at the top of the two wild card standings. Texas, one game back, Cuervo. I mean, it's going to be an exciting weekend for baseball as well if you have time to squeeze a game or two in. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it's it, you know you have to be a diehard baseball fan to pay attention on Saturdays and Sundays this time of year. But, um, I mean, you do have them out there. There are guys like that, and, I mean, it's you know it's for a playoff spot, so I will be paying a little bit of attention. But of course, for the most part, my my attention is going to be on the football field with college and the NFL. But 
Um, you know, real quick about the American League, I, I, I think, you know, this is the time of the year when Texas is going to miss Josh Hamilton. You know, they don't have, in my opinion, a guy that can that can drive runs in. Nelson Cruz is gone uh, due to the suspension, and, and uh, you know, I mean, they really don't have a bat that people, in my opinion, unless it's, there's somebody that's playing well that I don't, that I haven't heard about, they don't have anybody in that lineup that that pitchers fear or that other teams fear. So I think Texas is going to eventually, with what six games to go, by, by the end of the weekend they're going to be out of it, in my opinion. So um, if you if I had to guess between Cleveland and Tampa Bay, I got to go with the experience, Brian. I would have to say Tampa Bay's probably going to uh, lock up one of those wild cards, and then. Um, well, there's two wild cards now, isn't there? So yeah, uh-huh. it's gonna, it's, I think it's going to stay. I think it's going to stay Tampa, and uh, I think Cleveland is going to uh, be the other wild card team. So basically, what I'm saying in a nutshell is the way the American League picture looks right now is the way I think it's going to stand, and I think that's that's you know the the the, the uh, five teams that you see are or the six teams that you see are going to be the ones that that are that make it. See, I agree. I, I don't think Texas is playing good. They've won four straight, but let's look at Tampa and Cleveland. They've won seven straight. It looks like this team, both teams are on a mission uh, to get to the playoffs. They're not going to choke this time of year, I don't think. I think Texas is, I mean, I think next year they have a shot. They can get that pitching staff and bullpen sorted out. But right now, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Tampa Bay and Cleveland Cuervo make it. And I know it's, it's football season right now, but we had to throw a little baseball in there for all of our fans. Mm-hmm. Cuervo, the NFL is up, up next. Last night, I don't know what you thought about the San Francisco 49ers going on the road. That first half, they looked dead almost until the last couple minutes, and they pulled away with a 35-11 to win on the road. Not a good sign for the Rams. No. Which, by the way, Tarvin, I hit, I hit, a, hit a nice parlay on that, so... Uh, I was I was biting my fingernails at the end. I was like, when, when they when when San Francisco scored that final touchdown, I could I could uh, you know I could uh, breathe again. But um, you know what what I thought you know like you said, I mean San Fran they got off to a slow start, and it just kind of looked like the same Niners that we had saw the past couple weeks. However, then they started handing the ball off a little bit more to Frank Gore. If you remember that that touchdown was right before halftime, and I think that's what that's what really set the tone for the Forty Nine. That and that interception in the end zone by Whitner. So, um, you know, it's like it's like I, it's like uh, a lot of people are saying they just had to get back to what made them successful, and that was running the read uh, read option, giving Frank Frank Gore the football and. You know that, and you see the results. And I mean, it does help a little bit that hey, St. Louis isn't the greatest team, so uh, they had to take advantage and get that division win. But overall, um, I just think getting back to the basics and, and the football because that San Francisco is a running team. I don't care what anybody says; they're a running team. They're not the West Coast Niners that we're used to knowing and seeing. Uh, this is a different 49ers team now, so. Uh, you know, you know, you saw what Frank Gore did last night. They have to continue to do that in order to uh, continue to win football games. Cuervo, I mean, how are you a team at home 
and you're playing a team like San Francisco, you only get 18 yards rushing. I mean, St. Louis is never going to be successful unless they find a way to run the football. And it's not just against San Fran they can't run. They can't run against anyone. So Sam Bradford, you better be aware this year, you're going to have to throw the ball a ton, and that leads to to some late hits, Cuervos, some injuries. I think St. Louis' season is over. I mean, you can't run the football, you can't win. No, and I mean, St. Louis – I mean, yes, they were behind. However, even when when it was a close game, they they got they're they're way too pass happy, Brian. I don't know if you you know thought the same thing, but I think they're asking for a little too much out of Sam Bradford. Now he's I mean he's been in for a couple of years, yes. However, when you ask him to you know throw the football, what did he throw it another fifty times last night, something like that? I can't remember the. The numbers, I can pull it up, but I mean, it just it just seems to me like they they don't uh, the, the you know the the balance is there. You know, I've got it right here. Forty one times, forty. At forty one times, and then rushing, they only ran it a total of nineteen times. So forty one to nineteen, that that's that's not good balance. And you're averaging less than a yard a carry. I mean. That's, that ought to tell you something. That, that shows also that San Francisco knows what you're going to call. They know, like you said, the pass happy, and, the, and they could kind of sense when, when St. Louis was going to try to attempt to run. And I know they were behind, but how do you not attempt to establish the ground game when you're at home against a team like San Fran? Because you, you have to trick San Fran. You can't just throw the ball on them. You have to run the ball to set up play action. And I just – Piss poor coach game by St. Louis. That's all I can say. The way they played, the play calling, the coaching. I mean, they laid a big egg on Thursday night at home, Cuervo. And I thought this was a game St. Louis maybe could take. I thought they could possibly beat San Fran and and have a good season. But this is why I wasn't a big believer in the Rams. It's just because they can't run the football. Well, and you know what? And I think I think Brian, when it, when when you talk about that, you have to you have to look at the coaching staff. I mean, last night, uh, you know, I didn't even realize that Brian Schottenheimer is the, the offensive coordinator of the St. Louis Rams. That's the same guy that, that uh, you know, called plays for the New York Jets the past few years. And we all know how the Jets' offenses look in the past couple of years. So that right there answers your question about why Rams look so plain offensively. And you got to look at the play callers. You know, Schottenheimer, Jeff Fisher, I think, needs to needs to get sped up on how offenses look in today's game. The way it looked 15 years ago when he had uh, Eddie George, or 15 years ago when he had Eddie George as his running back, that stuff doesn't work anymore. The traditional power running game, it, that's not today's NFL anymore. You have to get, you know, a little more, a little more, uh, more creative. And you've got a guy in Tavon. Why did you draft Tavon Austin if you're not going to throw him the damn football? You're going to throw it to him five yards and say, hey, do the rest, kid. <laughs> Against the 49ers <laughs> defense, it's not going to work. So you have to create opportunities for Tavon Austin. You have to create opportunities for even for Jared Cook, who I think is 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 undervalued tight end in St. Louis. I don't think they're using him to, the, to his full potential. So the Rams have the piece is what I'm saying. They're just not using them the right way. They need to get more creative with this offense. and They could put more points up on the board. They leave a lot of plays on the field. 
Yeah, I had Cam Newton on the bench because he's on a bye week, and I had to throw Sam Bradford in last night. He got me a whopping 10 points um, thanks to a touchdown San Fran let him have at the end of the game. So, yeah, St. Louis, oh, San Fran. Tell me about it. Right. I, yeah. It, it, I, I, don't, I don't mean to cut you off, Brian, but I actually I actually <laughs> made a judgment call, and I started Bradford over Russell Wilson, who I have uh, in, in the league that, that uh, we're in together. I actually made a judgment call. I started Bradford over Russell Wilson, who's playing Houston on the road. So we'll see if it pays off. But right now it's not looking good for me. It's probably not going to pay off, but I see why you would do that. I mean, I thought Bradford would have a good game too. That's why I didn't go pick up another quarterback and, you know, try to do that in my money league. Uh, Hopefully Tom Brady has a big game against the Falcons, but you never know. And Cuervo Sunday has got some great games. I mean, looking at the NFL slate, Let's just start through, and we'll, I'll go through some games. You can you can pick a game if you want to, but uh, we'll talk about that Seattle-Houston game. That's a 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff in Houston. How does Houston bounce back after laying that egg in Baltimore? A team Houston was favored over Baltimore, Cuervo, and like we said Wednesday night on the show, I have a feeling that, that Houston was really overlooking Baltimore, thinking that they could beat them just because they were more talented, kind of looking ahead to that game against Seattle. What do you think? Uh, well, I mean, I think I think that you know that's a possibility. Um, in the NFL, that should never happen, though. You know, I can understand sometimes. Uh, you know, you got like for Auburn, for example. Let's say they're playing, uh, you know, Ball State or something like that. But they have LSU coming up the following week. I get that. You know, these are college guys. They don't have the experience that NFL that NFL teams have. So of course. You know Auburn's going to look ahead to that LSU game because they're, they're that's what they're thinking about. That's their that's their focus. So of course they're going to overlook that Ball State game, and uh, they may go out there and only win you know twenty seven to twenty or something like that. But in the NFL, that should never ever happen. You know the, all these coaches preach. You know they talk about well one game at a time. Well we play one game at a time. Well sometimes you your performance out on the field doesn't show that and. Um, can you say that it is an instance where maybe the Texans overlooked the Ravens? Yeah, it's possible. I mean, Baltimore's not what they were last year, but at the same time, it doesn't matter if the whole team is different. This is the defending Super Bowl champions, and that's the way you, you should have approached that game, and they didn't. So, um, But I think I think it kind of showed, too, if you really watched that game, Brian, and, and, I'm, and I know you did, the Texans are not – that physical team that everybody thinks they are. To me, I think they're still a little too finesse. They have to toughen up a little bit more. And I thought bringing getting Brian Cushing back was going to toughen them up some more, but it hasn't hasn't done anything. They're still the same Texans team that we've seen. And whenever they play a physical team, just like they're going to play on Sunday in, in the Seattle Seahawks, um, even though the game's at home, I mean, Houston, they might be in trouble again this week. So we'll see. But uh, that that's what I on the Texans. Well, the line on this game is Seattle favored two and a half. And I do like Houston to, to win this game at home. I look for them to bounce back. Maybe Seattle looks up and says, okay, we're on the road again. Looks up at the standings and see they're two games, two games ahead of San Fran right now. Maybe they relax a little bit. I don't know. But I think Houston has to win this game. You can't lose two in a row. 
And and right now, if you're Houston, this is huge. I think being at home, and I think that's why you bet Russell Wilson. You were worried about that being on the road factor. I don't think he's the quarterback yet to be able to take a team on the road, especially a team like Houston. Carolina, yeah, but not Houston. Uh, I think Houston gets a W in this game, Corvo. I don't know if you're ready to to pick that yet, but I like Houston. Um, yeah, I, I think I do too. Um, but I think it's going to be an extremely close game, and that's why I that's why I can understand why the line's only two. Um, but I think I think you definitely have to take the in this game. Um, you know, the the road factor is exactly you're you're absolutely right, Brian. That's why that's exactly why I started Bradford over uh, Wilson in my league because, I mean. It just Seattle, Seattle's a totally different team on the road, and I don't get it. I don't get what makes them so different on the road compared to being at home. It can't just be the fact that they have 12th man. There's got to be more to it than that. It, it, it's a mental thing. Yeah, I mean, a good team, a very good team can win both places. They can play the same whether they're home or on the road. You look at Tom Brady, he doesn't care where he's playing, he's going to go and take care of business. You look at Peyton Manning, it doesn't bother him either. Unless it's snowing, then it bothers Peyton a little bit. But good teams win. In New England, no right. Yeah, you know, good teams win no matter where it's at. And then the next game, Cuervo, um, your Chicago Bears looking awesome this year going on the road to Detroit. And believe it or not, Detroit's a two-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. I mean, Tell us, are you worried about this one? This seems like a game where Chicago, with all the success they've had, Detroit's not looking bad either. I mean, they're looking very good at times. So I think this game's a coin toss. I mean, I think it could be a close game as well, Brian. Um, I can't explain the reason why Detroit would be favored. The only thing I could think of is, you know, the fact that, A, uh, you know, the Bears just lost Henry Melton for the season, so you don't have that 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 instant pressure on uh, on uh, Matthew Stafford. You know, now now you got to have guys like Nate Collins, Stephen Paya. they got to step in for Melton, who, if I'm not mistaken, I think he made the Pro Bowl last year. So they're losing a Pro Bowl defensive tackle in Henry Melton, and that really hurts. I think the other thing too is people are expecting the offensive line to uh you know to end this great run that they've had so far. Um would you believe me Brian if I told you that Jay Cutler has actually been sacked less than the great Peyton Manning. As great of a season as Peyton Manning has had, he's actually he's actually been sacked more than Jay Cutler has. Wow. I didn't realize that. That is surprising. That's not that's not vintage Cutler. He's usually getting nailed about every pass, even though he completes it. He's getting sacked several times a game. So that is that's amazing. I didn't realize that. No, I mean it's only a four to three, you know, difference. Uh, but Manning's only been sacked one more time. However, you know, by this time, uh, actually, I think, in, it, it, and I was listening to the Chicago, obviously, radio station here. And they were saying they were looking at the numbers, and I think within the first three games last year, Brian, Jay Cutler had already been sacked. I think it was uh, eleven times, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was eleven times wow. they said. And this year, it's only been three, so one per game uh, is phenomenal. I mean, it, what a difference a year makes. And I mean, to me, I think you have to give all the credit in the world to 
to Mark Trushman and the coaching staff and just the overall focus that, that has been on the offense now uh, is, is exactly what the Bears needed. But um, I think this is the week, though, that a lot of people are expecting the Bears' offensive line to kind of have a little meltdown and uh, give up some sacks to the Lions. So I think that that may play into why the the Lions are favored in this football game, just because they feel like, well, Cutler's going to have a bad day and he's going to be forced to make bad throws. Yeah, I can see that. And and Detroit is one of those teams. They're a they're a different animal when they play in that dome. So that could be something. And you know, also Cuervo, they Chicago has to lose sometime. So maybe it's just Vegas gambling on this game to be it with all the you know the defensive line of Detroit. Maybe some injuries. Maybe they're just thinking that Chicago takes a step back just this week and they make some money on it. That's probably what they're hoping for, but. But I would pick Detroit in this game being at home just because of that reason, and that's why I said that. They have to lose sometime, so why not this weekend? But I'll be pulling for your Bears, though, Cuervo. I'll be pulling for them because I like the Chicago Bears. Oh. Really, what a difference a year makes, man. I mean, look at this offense now compared to last year. It's just night and day. Yeah, it really is. And, I mean, you know, the offensive line, as I said, is all the difference in the world. I mean, you know, they they got rid of the dead weight with Jamarcus Webb. He's gone now. Uh, you know, they they, they, they kept the – obviously, Jermon Bushrod is obviously a huge difference too, protecting Cutler's blind side. I mean, this is a Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl left tackle that used to, you know, protect for Drew Brees. So the guy kind of knows what he's doing. And then, it just, the, just like I said, I mean, just the overall focus on the offense is, is exactly what the Bears needed. And – uh you know, Aaron Cromer comes over from the from the Saints as well, um, and then obviously, you know, bring in guys like Martellus Bennett. I mean, he's he's played great. People in Chicago love this guy so far. So um, it's just the overall focus of the offense is, is is all the difference in the world for the Bears, and hopefully, you know, it continues. Well, I mean, another game that's that's got my my interest to see how they do. The 0-3 New York Giants, Cuervo, they're going on the road uh, and they're playing Kansas City 3-0 team. I just, I mean, nobody expected the Giants to be here right now. Any chance they can go on the road with all of their offensive line issues, you know, their confidence is nothing. And Cuervo, I thought last week would be the week the Giants would step up if they were going to step up with uh, their coach is losing his brother. I, I, I just think this Giants team is done, man. I see no way they can go into Kansas City and pull this win off, man. Kansas City's just too good right now. Well, they are, Brian. I mean, you know, and from a offensive standpoint, the Giants just aren't protecting Eli Manning. I mean, he's getting hit all over the place. And right now, what are the Kansas City Chiefs doing well? Well, they're getting pressure on quarterbacks. So that just equals disaster for the Giants and, uh, I, I think I think Brian, you really have to question the confidence of Eli Manning right now. I mean, you know, he's probably questioning not just his ability but the team's ability. And I don't know if you heard this. Uh, you know, this was pretty interesting. I thought um, Antrell Roll, the safety for the Giants, pretty much came out and he said that you know that the team's not playing like a team, and that. Right now on the field, they're not having each other's back. That's a big deal. A lot of people yeah. may not realize it, 
But that's a big deal. When when you come out and you say nobody's got each other's back on the field, I mean, that's that that just tells you that just tells you right there, in my opinion, how Coughlin has lost this team. He has lost control of this team. And it 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 wouldn't surprise me if by week eight the Giants are let's say three and five or two and six, he gets fired mid season. Now I'm not a fan of of midseason firing, I think you should wait till till the off season to do that. But I think I think the Giants are going to get desperate and they're going to make that move. And I think if they have a losing record by week eight, Tom Coughlin's out. Yeah, Cuervo, you you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, I, and, and and here's why you do it during the middle of the season. If you know that the team has lost then there's no need at all to keep going. All you're going to do is keep embarrassing yourself, digging a bigger hole and a bigger hole. You're better off getting rid of Coughlin if that's the case, if he's lost the team. I saw it with Auburn last year, 3-19. and 19. You could see it on the field every game. Those guys didn't have each other's back. They didn't want to play for Chiswick, and guess what? He's gone. And I think Coughlin, it's, it's inevitable. He's got to go, and I like Coughlin. I think he's a good coach, but I think he's going to have to catch up with the times, too. It's not the same football. And I think people are seeing that. But I don't know why he lost the team. I mean, maybe he's not a, a big enough hard-ass in practice. Maybe he's let some things slide. I don't know, Cuervo, but I just don't see it getting better. I mean, they're a five-point underdog on the road to Kansas City. I think that's a little low. I mean, but, but it is the New York Giants. They're capable at any time of exploding. But it's kind of like Texas when they played Ole Miss, uh, Cuervo. We didn't – I mean, everybody thought, well, Texas will bounce back. They're Texas. Well, they got beat by three touchdowns. And I think everybody expects the Giants to bounce back while they were favored over Carolina last week and got beat 38 to nothing. I just don't think they have the heart to play. I just don't think they want to be there. And you know when you've won rings before that those guys look at it 0-3, they know they're not going to make the playoffs. So why are they going to keep playing, Cuervo? That's the big question. Pride, Brian. You, I mean, you have to at least play for a little bit of pride. And even even for guys that let's say they're on their contract year and they don't want to be in New York anymore, I mean, give yourself an opportunity to to sell yourself to other teams. You know, I mean, if you want to continue to play football but you don't want to play for the New York Giants, have a good season and seek free agency. It's that simple. So if you're if you're going to throw it all out the window, then don't expect anybody to sign you because. You're pretty much you're screwing yourself if you if you don't play well. You're exactly right. And, and Cuervo, I just want to mention this before we move on to our next game. Is I watch ESPN or I listen to ESPN radio, and I don't know if you listen to Colin Coward, but he does his fab, his blazing five every week in in the NFL. Are you familiar with that? Uh, yeah, I am actually. I haven't heard it in a while, but I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, I mean. This guy makes millions of dollars probably to do his job, and every week he gives his his blazing five, and he thinks he knows everything about NFL football, and he goes one and four, zero oh and five every week. I don't know if y'all noticed this, but I'm going to rename our show right here when we do it, the, the blazing five. But these are actually correct picks that we're going to give you. And what I want to do today, Cuervo, is you give your best five in the NFL, and I'm going to give my five games in the NFL, and I guarantee you. Go back to Colin Coward's show on ESPN today. He's going to do his Fat Five. Put him down, and I guarantee you we win every week. 
So I just wanted to make that kind of interesting. And, and we don't have to do a show to give our five square vote. I'll put them out on the website, and we'll go against Colin Cowards and see how we do. But, man, if I could just make millions of dollars hitting 20% of my games, man, I'd be good. Yeah, no kidding, right? I mean, getting the games right would just be the bonus. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to have all that, I don't know. I mean, that's that's pretty bad. And these lines are hard to predict, Cuervo, sometimes. But if you go pick five games right now, and I don't know if you're ready, in a few minutes you may be able to give your, your best five picks that you want to put out here. Maybe this week you don't want to. But I'm going to give my top five picks, and this is with the point spreads. Once we're done reviewing our games, I'm going to give my top five, and if you want, you can give your top five, and then we'll move on to college. That's okay. Yeah, that sounds like a plan, Brian. I mean, I'm probably going to use a lot of the same stuff you have because um, I, I didn't make a list or anything like that. However, in the future, if this is something you want to do every week, mm-hmm. then without a doubt, I'll make a list. Yeah, I just want to show people we know what we're talking about, and I'm going to hit four out of five usually with the spreads usually. But that doesn't mean every week. But I'm not going to usually go one and four. Hopefully not. As soon as I say that, Cuervo, I'll end up laying an egg. But um, anyway, going to the next game, I don't know how you feel about this one, but this is a must win for the Atlanta Falcons, Sunday night football at home, playing against a 3-0 and New England team that, you know, should they be 3-0? and Probably not. But they're eventually going to start getting healthier. Uh, they're going to get better, too. Cuervo, Atlanta opens up a two-and-a-half-point favorite right now at home. Tell us about this game. Well, I think, um, you know, this is going to be the real uh, first road test, in my opinion, for the Patriots this year. You can't really say Buffalo was a road test. And then they had uh, they had the Jets on the road as well, but then they got Tampa Bay at home. So, uh I, I think this is the real. This is obviously the first real road test. So we'll see what kind of team the Patriots are really made of. Now, with that being said, a lot of rumors going around that the Gronk will return. Um, that that's yet to obviously be seen. Uh, we don't know that a for sure thing. But I think right now, you look at the Atlanta Falcons, Brian, and yes, they're a desperate team, and I think they're going to put up a lot of points. However, I just don't think they have the defense to stop Tom Brady and and this, you know, the the little offense that they do have. So, with that being said, I, I could very well see, you know, New England in a upset, if you want to call it an upset. So, I would, I would have to go with the Patriots on this one. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, I mean, Atlanta is in desperate mode right now. Yeah, that's why I'm picking Atlanta in this game. They're not one of my fab five picks, uh, but I, I just have to think that they're going to come out in a night game. The crowd's going to be pumped. This is their season. I mean, New Orleans keeps winning, Cuervo. They just keep winning. And all of a sudden, the Falcons find themselves in a two-game hole. I mean, they're two games out of first place right now, which can't be comfortable for them after the season they had last year because New Orleans – is a different team this year. And I think this is a lot of pressure on the Atlanta Falcons. So they're going to have to play the best, one of the best in the games, Tom Brady. And I don't know if they can get it done or not, but being at home, being in desperation mode, I'm hoping these guys find a way to win and step up because if they don't, Cuervo, this season's over. 
Did we lose Cuervo? Cuervo, I think you're on mute. Yeah, sorry about that, Brian. You were breaking up. Say that Say that last statement again, please. Well, I mean, if they don't win this game, you know, and I think New Orleans will win, and we'll talk about that game in a minute, they're going to be probably three games out against New Orleans. And I just think that's a, a lead that they can't come back from. They can't come back from a three-game hole against a team like New Orleans. So this is do or die for the Falcons right now, the Sunday night. Oh, yeah, definitely, because I'm I'm a, a pretty – I'm pretty uh, confident that the, the Saints are going to win against Miami. It's a, it's a home game for the Saints. So I'm, I'm pretty confident that the Saints will will finish uh, this week out at a full with a four and zero record. So yeah, I mean Atlanta. If they don't win, then uh, the Saints can go ahead and they can start quietly celebrating a divisional uh, crown. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Falcons to win. It's not one of my most confident picks by any means because you're playing Tom Brady, and my gosh, he can just dissect the defense up. He can carve you up, and I'm I'm not sold on Atlanta's defense right now, but I'm just going to pick them to pick them. So, I can't. And now here's a game, Cuervo, that it's not a, a big game by no means to people across the United States here, but Tampa Bay starting Mike Glennon at quarterback at home favored two and a half over the Arizona Cardinals. Is it just me, or shouldn't Arizona be favored in this game? I thought Arizona was, Brian, to be honest with you. I'm surprised they're not. Um, I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe people feel like this is the the, the fresh breath of air that, that the Buccaneers need, and you're going to see a totally different team. Yeah, they're two-and-a-half-point favorite over Arizona, and, and you're given a rookie quarterback from NC State a start against a, a good Arizona defense, and I just don't see how they should be favored. I mean, that could be one of those sucker bets right there, Cuervo. Oh, I, I definitely think it is, Brian. Um, I think people are trying to, you know, Vegas is trying to lure people in and saying, hey, look, uh, Arizona's fighting all these different injuries. The offense isn't playing that well. Larry Fitzgerald is a little banged up. You know, Tampa Bay's going to win, but what a lot of people don't realize is Tampa Bay as a, as a team is just – I think this is another situation where slowly but surely the head coach is losing, is losing control of this football team. So uh, I think I'm right there with you, Brian. I, I, like, I like the cards in this one. I think – Larry Fitzgerald, yes, okay, he's he's a little beat up. But you you tell me somebody that's not beat up, okay, besides the backup quarterback. Everybody is beat up a little bit. Uh, so Larry Fitzgerald's not going to miss this game. He's going to play and he's going to contribute. And, and Arizona's going to win. Yeah, I, I think, I think Arizona's going to win the game too. I just don't see Tampa coming in there with a rookie quarterback. Their offense wasn't good to start with, and now you're going to – Freeman sucks. I mean, he shouldn't have started to begin with. I think Glennon should have been the starter. I mean, if you're Tampa, you got to see the writing on the wall. You have to make this change. But Mike Glennon is not the quarterback of the future, and Tampa is going to suck the rest of the year, Cuervo. They have zero chance to probably win five games this year. I don't care how good Glennon is. Uh, this team's just not good. And I just want to throw that game out there. And before we move off the NFL, is there a game you want to talk about? 
Do we have a chest? We have Broncos and Eagles are playing, Cuervo, Oakland, Washington. We have Dallas, San Diego, New York Jets, Titans, um, Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Cleveland, Cincinnati, uh, Baltimore, Buffalo, Minnesota, Pittsburgh. You know, I think that I think the Dallas San Diego game is pretty interesting, uh, Brian, because a lot of people um, don't know what to make of either team. In reality, I mean, Dallas looks good one week and they they look flat the next week. So, and it's the same thing with the Chargers. I mean, I wasn't a big believer in the Chargers going into the season. I thought that they would probably finish third in this division, and uh, but you know what? So far, they're uh, what are they two and one? I believe. And uh, they're playing they're playing a lot better than I thought they would. So I think this Dallas San Diego game could be could be one of the better the more entertaining games this week. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. I think Dallas could possibly lose this game. I mean, this is an inconsistent team, and this should if Tony Romo goes on the road and beats San Diego Cuervo, I'll be very impressed and more of a believer in Dallas. They have to beat the teams that they're supposed to on the road. And I think San Diego's a toss-up in a way. Dallas has favored two and a half points, but uh, they have to win these type of games. Good good news for them this year is the East sucks right now, so the Dallas Cowboys could be just a mediocre team and still win. So uh, I'm going to pick Dallas in this game barely. I mean, I, I think they'll get by San Diego. And before we go Cuervo off the NFL, I want to give my five picks before we get into college. And these are in no order, and you can jump in at any time after I'm done. You can give yours, but I want to take Detroit minus two and a half. Take them at home minus the two and a half. Houston plus two and a half at home uh, against Seattle. Take New Orleans minus five at home against the Dolphins. They're going to blow them out. Here's a surprise pick, Guerbo. You might laugh at me, but take Jacksonville at home plus ten against the Colts. Are you ready to call me crazy? No, not at all, Brian. I mean, it, it, this is the this is a typical letdown game for the Colts, and I'm not saying they're going to lose. Uh, what I am saying, though, is don't be surprised if they only win by three or four. Big emotional game on the road uh, that they won last week against San Francisco, and now you know their heads are probably as big as a is a Goodyear blimp. So. They, you know, they probably think that they can go win the Super Bowl this year and go 16-0 and or, you know, whatever their record is now. But, you know, I think they're in for, for a rude awakening when, you know, they find themselves in a dogfight with the Jaguars. And, uh, you know, I think, I think they barely win this game. So, no, I, I, don't, I, don't, think that's, I don't think that's crazy at all. I think, I think that's a very realistic thing. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad I'm not that crazy, Dan. And the Bills – at home, getting three points against Baltimore. I think Baltimore, or Buffalo bounces back. I like Buffalo at home, plus the three points to get it done. How do you even think they could win this game? Actually, I'll call you a little bit crazy on that one, Brian. I think I think Baltimore, um, you know, it's way too much talent-wise. They're just they have an advantage, in my opinion, over over. Um, you know, Buffalo, I think it's a big advantage. And C.J. Spiller right now, I mean, aside from fantasy, he's disappointing Bills fans. He's just not performing. Um, you can blame the health all you want. But even when he's on the field, he's only getting two yards of carry. And 
You have to be really disappointed if you're a Bills fan. So, um, for the most part, I, I agree with your picks. Uh, um, I'm surprised that you, you're taking the Lions over my Bears, but that's okay. Uh, other than that, though, um, you know, I would, I, I'll, I'll, I'll take the Ravens over Buffalo in, in that game. Okay, that's just a game I just see a. I think Baltimore overachieved last weekend for some reason. Buffalo is a better team at home, and I don't know. It's just they're, they're tough to pick this weekend. And every week, Cuervo, we get, uh, you know, more along into the season, they get tightened these lines up to a point where you can't even barely predict them. They're right on. So maybe we have a few more weeks we can still predict them. But I'm gonna, I'll list Colin Coward's lines later when, I, when I, I'm going to fast forward and listen to his show and see. But do you have your top five picks? Um, like I said, I'll probably just, for the most part, uh, stick with what you did. You use Dallas San Diego as one of your as one of your games? No. Okay. Well, I'll I'll, I'll pick that one. Um, I'll put I'll put that as part of my five. Uh, I'll take and I'll take the Cowboys, and that one. Um, I'll go with uh, New Orleans. I think is definitely a, is that's a lock. In my opinion, New Orleans over Miami, that's a lock. Um, Houston over Seattle, I think I'll go with I'll go with the uh, Texans in that one. Um, how many is that now? Three? Three. That's three, isn't it? Yep. Okay. And then I have Jack, Jacksonville um, plus 10. I don't know if you wanted that one or not. Yep, I'll take that one as well. And then last but not least, I'm going to say... Uh, Atlanta, New England. What, what's that one? Uh, that's minus two for Atlanta. Two and a half. Yep, yeah, I'll take the Patriots. All right. So we differ a little bit, and that's good. So maybe maybe one of us will be Colin Coward here uh, once I put his picks <laughs> out. But so I mean, you have to study the NFL, and I think Cuervo, the key to picking NFL games correctly is you have to watch the games and see how teams match up, what their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, it's a lot of football to watch, and it's still early. It's still really hard to see what some of these teams have just yet because you know as well as I do, we have a one in 3 team that's probably going to come back and actually win five in a row before long. You just don't know who it's going to be yet, but the NFL is exciting. I really enjoy watching it. Cuervo, back a few years ago, I didn't watch much NFL. I just watched college, but the more I've been doing this show, the more NFL I watch. and It's exciting stuff, I have to admit. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's you know, I was I was the same way. I was diehard college, but you know, the past few years since I've been doing the show with Sonny, especially, um, I've definitely paid a lot more attention to uh, the NFL, and not just that, but I mean, I've gotten a lot more into fantasy football as well, and uh, that that definitely keeps me in the loop as far as the NFL is concerned. But I still got that love for the, for the college game too. Well, Cuervo, speaking of college football, and, and I gave my opinion Wednesday night. I don't think you got a chance to listen to the show. Uh, what do you think about the NCAA reducing penalties on Penn State? And then USC comes back and just tries to appeal, and they shut them down, really, and turn them away. Give us your thoughts on how the NCAA eased up on Penn State, whether you agree or disagree. Well, I think, you know, with a lot of the – with a lot of the um, 
you know, bad things that happen in Penn State, they've they've gone through a lot as well. And I'm not just talking about the you know the incident itself. I mean, you had you know uh, the the whole Joe Paterno situation and things like that, and you had the players that just pretty much bailed on them. And 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 I'm not saying feel sorry for for Penn State. However, that's a lot of emotion. You know, emotionally, it's a lot for a program to have to go through. So um, I think this is it's something that kind of uh, was very unfortunate. And when you look at the situations, you know, you, you they, I mean, they are different, obviously. I mean, you got one where, you know, the guy, you know, did what he did and, and it was – it was more of a, I guess, a personal thing. He he did things to hurt himself from a personal standpoint. Uh, the USC situations, I mean, this was the the program that, you know, were doing things to to benefit the program, and and uh, you know, I, I just I just feel like it's two totally different things, and uh, I think that's part of the reason why they're cutting you know, breaks for Penn State is just because what happened there wasn't as much of a result of, um, you know, the, the the program being involved in what was going on as opposed to Jerry Sandusky just, you know, doing having his own sick little personal life. So I, I think I think that's kind of what the difference was. Now, the, I mean, the bad thing about it was, yes, the, you know, like Paterno kept kept his mouth shut about it, and it should, that should never have happened. Um, however, like I said, with his passing and things like that, it's just, it's just Penn State's gone through a lot in the past couple of years, and USC is just kind of like, hey, we cheated and we got caught, damn. So I think that's why you're not seeing USC <laughs> really get any breaks. Well, I was very disappointed when I when I saw the penalties reduced because, look, at the end of the day, you're right. They're two different things. I don't think either one of them should have been reduced. I think what's so bad about Penn State is they put football ahead of of the well-being of children, and they allowed a child molester to run rampant on their campus in their locker rooms and be around kids orphans and kids like that from broken homes and take advantage of them just so they could keep winning football games and not put any bad light on their program. For that, I I think we should have shut down Penn State for a few years, let them regroup, start over from scratch. I I think it was a terrible thing that happened with Sandusky. But, guys, you can't reward them by taking penalties away from them. Look, I don't care about the players that wasn't there. Here's a deal. Go to another school. There's a million schools out there you can go to and choose to play at. It doesn't have to be Penn State. I wouldn't play at that school, Cuervo, for any amount of money in the world. So all these kids want to go to Penn State or maybe not go into Penn State because of the sanctions. Who cares? They shouldn't be going anyway. And that's just my opinion, It's and I won't beat it into the dirt. We have a lot of good games to talk about here. But I wasn't very happy with it, Cuervo, honestly. But that's me personally. I'm in the minority right now. A lot of people are – are happy that they did this. For some reason, I'm not, though. And and we'll talk about that later once more comes out. But are you ready for some college football this weekend? Oh, Brian, I'm always ready. I mean, I, I'm ready to move on. I'm ready to see uh, my tennis balls play again. I want to I wanna forget about last week against Florida. And um, I want to move on with the season. 
Well, I want to ask your questions about Auburn LSU. I don't know if you got a chance to watch that game last weekend. You know what? Honestly, Brian, I didn't get to watch a whole lot of college football in general. So um, I'd be lying to you if I even if I if you asked me what the final score was, I couldn't even tell you. I know I know LSU won, um, but I don't even know was it a blow? Was it close? I mean, what happened? It was thirty-five twenty-one. Auburn lost. They turned the ball over three times, and you can't do that on the road at Baton Rouge. I think what what we found out about that game out of the Auburn Tigers is they're a better team, a lot better team, night and day difference from last year. Uh, you can tell the team quit on Chiswick last year. This this team, Cuervo, did not quit for four quarters. They kept coming. They actually recovered an onside kick with six minutes left in the game uh, that was ruled Auburn recovered it, and then they did an instant replay and said they touched it early, but even the announcers were like, that was a terrible call. They don't understand how it was overturned. But Auburn was had a lot of momentum, going to cut it to seven points possibly, and they got down to the one-yard line with a minute left, Cuervo, and got a penalty and a sack, so they didn't score. So that really was about a touchdown game, the Auburn-LSU on the road. And it's either LSU's not as good as people thought or either Auburn's better. I think it's Auburn's a little better, and I think LSU's just a tad bit overrated right now, Cuervo. Yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me that you say that. You've been saying that you felt LSU was a little overrated. And, I mean, this year it just seems to me that a lot of people, a lot of teams and just the SEC in general, when you talk about the top teams, people don't fear LSU like they did before in years past. And I think, you know, I think that's something to say about this year's team. And, um now, it's unfortunate that Auburn couldn't hold on to, uh, you know, catch up and win that game. But it does sound like, like you said, I mean, it's all about the effort. And, and, and as a fan, that's all you can really ask for, Brian. So I'm sure you're proud of the effort that Auburn game gave, even though they lost that football game. So, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, you, you, I remember you saying that. So you, for the most part, you've stuck with. Uh, how, what you're feeling about LSU is and that they're a little overrated. And, um, you know, this week they've got themselves a tough test uh, going down there between the hedges. Yeah, that's a game we're going to get to in a few minutes. That's the game of the week, Guerbo. I mean, this is put up or shut up for LSU and Georgia. This is this has national implications on it. But I will tell you this about the Auburn game real quick. Auburn ran for like 230 on them and they threw for about 230. So they were balanced. They were right there with LSU in total yardage. But if Auburn's going to run on you, Cuervo, in Baton Rouge at night, what do you think Georgia's going to do with Gurley and Marshall in Athens? I just – ooh, that running back tandem right there, man. I mean, that tandem, we got Murray back there and those two running backs. It's going to be tough for LSU for four quarters to stop that running game. If Georgia commits early, then that's just a little – a little preview from us. If Georgia commits to running the ball, Cuervo, they're going to win this game. And then after that, I think LSU secondary is a little weak. And just think, Aaron Murray picking that thing apart. LSU's a three-point underdog in this game, Cuervo. We'll talk about that in just a minute before we end the show. But that's the biggest game of the day in college football. Yeah, and I was about to mention, too, that, ooh, I hope, I hope you know, LSU's – I hope LSU is favored – so I can win some big money in this game because, you know, you just mentioned it. I mean, if, if Auburn can do as well as they did, 
in LSU, now you reverse it and you go to Georgia with, you know, with the, with the running backs that they have, I think LSU's in a lot of trouble, uh, Brian. So, uh, But you said LSU is a three-point underdog. That makes things really interesting, in my opinion. It does, and it tells me, that point spread tells me that Georgia is about to wax LSU. I mean, I'm serious. I think, I, I think really, if you're thinking about it, if you're Vegas, you would put it at like a one- or two-point favorite LSU if you really thought LSU was going to win the game to try to deter people from from betting on them. But now, hey, you get LSU a top, probably a five-team in the country and points. Think about that. You get points and you get LSU. I mean, LSU's not an underdog much, but when they are an underdog, if you go back in history and you look when LSU's an underdog, they lose. So I, I like Georgia in this game. I mean, this is a huge game for them. Just think. They win this game. You look at the rest of their schedule, no offense, but they have Tennessee, which is, is not there yet. They're a couple weeks away. They got Auburn. They're a couple years or years away. Florida lost their quarterback. I mean, this, it could be smooth sailing for Georgia if they can get past LSU. What that means is undefeated in the SEC, a chance to play in the SEC championship game, and if they keep a one-loss record, they're going to be playing for a national championship if they beat Alabama or A&M or LSU, whoever they play. Absolutely, and, you know, for Georgia fans out there, you know, we said it. We said, hey, you know, just because you lost to LSU or to uh, Clemson in week one, your season is far from over. If if you're going to lose a game, lose it early because you still have plenty of time to bounce back. And, and I think Georgia is going to be in that type of situation. They lose their first game of the year, and they could still wind up making the SEC championship game. So, um but obviously, still a lot of football left. Um, we'll see what happens, and I mean, you never know. You never know. I, I think, I think you're right, though. I think Georgia's got a really good chance to win this game. Um, but you know, we could sit here and talk about it and look at look at it on paper. But that's why they play the game. It is, and Georgia has a commanding two game lead over South Carolina right now. They have the tiebreaker, and that's huge. And I just don't think Florida can beat them. So I, I think right now Georgia is your clear-cut favorite uh, to make it, even though if they lose to LSU, to, to play in Atlanta one more time. And I, if anybody can beat Alabama, it's Georgia. And, I, and I'll tell you that right now, just the way they match up. They should have beat them last year. They will not fail this year if they get an opportunity to play Bama again. So if you're out there right now and you've got a bookie that will take Georgia to win the national championship and give you odds. Right now is the time. Don't wait till after they beat LSU to do it. You have to do it today before they play LSU. If you have faith in them winning a national championship, Cuervo's the day the day you go in there and place that bet. You get a good payout, good odds, you know, to go take your family out on a vacation, right? Oh, without, without a doubt, Brian. I mean, because, I mean, <clears throat> right now it could be 25 to 1. After if they beat if they go in and they beat LSU by two touchdowns, that twenty five could turn into fifteen, or, or yep. even even twelve. So I mean, it could it could change within minutes. So uh, I think you're right though. I think you take a chance on you know don't even don't bet the house on it, but you know throw 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 a little bit of cash on it and, and see what happens. <laughs> Hey, I put a thousand dollars for Auburn to win the championship right now with one loss. What do you think? <laughs> hey, one—it's only one loss, Brian. There's a chance. 
Well, uh, yeah, but I'd be a millionaire if that happened. So, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I might go that way. But let's start talking about our college football. I'm ready. Um, you know, we'll talk about Tennessee in a little while. They play South Alabama. I don't think there's much to talk about. Tennessee is going to kill this team, and they have a brutal schedule. You think going to Oregon, going to Florida. I mean, they're going to end up three and two after tomorrow, which is not terrible considering where you're trying to take your program right now. Uh, I take away some positives from that Florida game last week, Cuervo. I think Tennessee, with their coaching staff and that, that never-quit mentality, I think it's going to pay dividends towards the end of the season and next year, actually, what they're trying to build. I think Tennessee um, just needs to stay strong, stay stay more positive, because losing to Oregon and Florida on the road is not the end of the world. No, it's not. And, I mean, in reality, uh, I'm not a Tennessee homer. I'm not a Tennessee, you know, like, hey, they're going to go 11-0 and every year. I'm a Tennessee realist. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a Vols fan, but I understand, too, that, hey, there, there was slim to none chance that they were going to win either of these games. They're just not there yet, Brian. I mean, this is, this is Butch Jones' first year. Let's give him some time, okay? He's not Derek Dooley, okay? This guy's been successful in the college game. So you have to, you have to give them the opportunity to build this program because in reality, I mean, he's, he, he really didn't have a whole lot to work with. Dooley couldn't, you know, recruit to save his life. So, I mean, in reality, he came to Tennessee, didn't have a whole lot to work with. So, um, you know, you have, you have to give Butch Jones a few years before we can really say, uh, he's not the coach for this team or obviously, you know, if they're successful, that he's the right guy. So, um, I mean, having a top five recruiting class next year doesn't hurt. I, I'll tell you that much. So I definitely think Tennessee is going to be a lot better next year. But, um, you know, disappointed at two and two where Tennessee's at? No, this is it's exactly what I expected. And if you remember at the beginning of the season, oh, Brian, and I can't remember if I told Coach Let this, but uh, for me, six and six is – successful it's a it's it's a good year in my opinion if they can get back to a bowl game then i think for for you know as a tennessee fan that's a realistic expectation it is and and just like auburn we talked about three and nine last year i did not expect them to come in here and go ten and two and contend with the upper echelon of the sec it just doesn't happen that way cuervo football is not like that you usually don't go from from worst to first usually and you have to lay a foundation and build. And Lane Kiffin came in. Um, he didn't build it the right way. And Dooley came in. It's not his fault. He just wasn't ready to tackle a head coaching job in the SEC at a, a winning program like Tennessee. So now I think they have a guy that gets it. He gets it. And even though the, the guys have lost two games in a row and the way they lost to Oregon, the fans understand what he's trying to do. And that's the main thing, Cuervo. You have to – make the fans buy into you. And I, I, every Tennessee fan I've spoken to has bought into this guy, and with good reason. I think he's a perfect example of what he's going to do. He's going to take over Tennessee. He's going to recruit very well for two years, and they're going to be a contender again. And that's just the way you do it. You don't go from not making a bowl game to winning the national championship. Where it just doesn't work like, like that in college football. Right, exactly. It's baby steps, Brian. I mean, you're not going to go from, like you said, being a being a uh, a five and seven or four and eight team to you know ten and one. It's just not going to happen. So, um, 
it's very rarely that that does happen. Uh, when it comes to Tennessee, though, it's not it, that that's just not the way it's going to work. So um, I could see going six and six this year, like I said, maybe seven and five if they're lucky. And next year, I could see a nine-win team in Tennessee. I could yep. see them winning nine games. I, again, to me, that's realistic. I mean, you know, you just have to you just have to be real about it and and don't get upset if. You know they don't win a national title every year. It's just it's not how it goes. Well, it's about the quarterback, and Bud Shelton's got to get his quarterback in that that he feels comfortable with. And you see other conferences, freshmen come in and they do so well. Well, not in the SEC usually. I mean, Johnny Manziel was a redshirt freshman. He's an exception to the rule, but you can't come in as a freshman Cuervo in the SEC and expect to go on the road and win games. It's not going to happen. I don't care who you are, it just doesn't happen. Johnny Manziel couldn't really win on the road either until he played Alabama and he lucked up and got a W in that one. But you have to have age, experience, some some growth, some maturity. And I think next year, Buzz Jones will have a whole year to work with these quarterbacks and get them used to the system being on campus. I think Tennessee definitely is that nine-win team next year. I have no doubt about that, Cuervo, and, and we're going to stay tuned with them and, and follow them. So, Let's move on just a little bit in football. There's some big games tomorrow. And Alabama at home, Cuervo against Ole Miss. I think Alabama's a 15-point favorite in Tuscaloosa. But this year's Alabama team can't run the football. Their offensive line's not not protecting the way they should. They're not being able to get that running game going, which is the success of Alabama. They had to get in a shootout with Texas A&M. And luckily for them, Texas A&M's defense is garbage. So what I want to ask you, Cuervo, does Ole Miss, what's the percentage, what's the chances you're giving them to going on the road and actually upsetting the tide, if any? Um, I would have to say probably, if I had to give a, a percentage on it, I would say 10%. I mean, I, I just don't think you know, Ole Miss has the, the talent, in my opinion, to really um, – stay with Alabama. Yes, they can't run the football, however, you know, can Ole Miss stop the run? You know, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you can answer that question for me, but I don't know. I haven't really watched too much Ole Miss. I don't know how good their defense is against the run, but um, even if it is a good defense, I mean, you still have to A.J. McCarron and, and those those uh, receivers that he has. Yeah, I mean, Ole Miss is going to struggle, I think, on the road in this. And I saw them play against Vanderbilt, and we saw Vanderbilt look like garbage this year, Cuervo, but they did look good against Ole Miss, which concerns me a little bit if I'm an Ole Miss fan right now. Uh, Alabama's going to come in, and they're going to try to punch them in the mouth. They're going to try to make them turn the ball over. I just don't think Bo Wallace is the quarterback that is capable of beating Alabama I think if you're going to beat Alabama, you've got to be electric with your legs and your arms. And I just don't see it. And am I missing that, Cuervo, about Bo Wallace? Give us your thoughts about him as the quarterback for Ole Miss. For uh, for Ole Miss's quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I haven't seen a whole lot of Ole Miss. But, um, it, it, I mean, it seems to me that, you know, I mean, he's – he makes he makes you know plays when Ole Miss needs them. I mean, from from what I saw uh, against Texas, I mean the guy the guy was cool. I mean, 
going to Texas is never a, an easy thing to do. Going into Texas and winning a football game. So I think you really look at that game and, and really give the kid a lot of credit for being able to, like you said, I mean, a three-touchdown win in, in Austin, that's not an easy thing to do. No, it's, it's not. I mean, you you do have to give him some credit, but Texas' defense is nothing like what they're going to see against Alabama, especially at home. Alabama's been actually surprisingly Cuervo beaten up in the media these days, the last few weeks, talking about their defense isn't that good, they can't run the football, they're in trouble. I mean, do you think they take that to heart and really go out and try to prove a point that they still are Alabama and they still can win football games? Yeah, well, I mean, I really don't think Ole Miss has a lot to prove. This is still a team that, um, yes, they're ranked number 21 in the country. However, um, you know, to try and to try and make that jump and try to compete with with Alabama, I mean, I just don't think – I think that's too much to ask for if you're an Ole Miss fan. So, you know, I think if keeping it close would probably be the best – thing that could happen to Ole Miss, not getting blown out. Even if they only lose by, by, you know, 10, 14, even 17 points, I think you have to, I mean, there are no, there are no moral victories in football. I get that. However, if you only lose by, like I said, somewhere between 10 to, you know, 10 to 14 points, I think, I think you really have to feel, you know, somewhat, uh, you know, good about that. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, it's never good to lose, but what I am saying is it's better than losing by 40. So I, I, I think I think that's how you have to look at it. If you can keep it close, that's a good sign. Yeah, I mean, I think they have to, to get better from last year. I think that's what the coaches – I don't think they're expecting to beat Alabama. Uh, they play Auburn next week. Auburn's got a bye week this week, but it's something to give them confidence. If they go into this game to get beat by 30 – well, I can see Auburn taking care of them next week because it's all about confidence and, and rhythm and everything. So if I'm Ole Miss, I want to win the game, of course, but you can't be let down if you don't win. You can't give up hope this season because Hugh Freeze is trying to build something. Ole Miss was garbage when he took them over, and I don't think they're garbage right now. I think they're a decent football program heading in the right direction if you've seen their recruiting classes. But I don't give them a shot, Cuervo, to go in and – to go in and uh, and beat Alabama on the road. I, I don't like the point spread either. I think Alabama could cover it, but they also couldn't. I'm just saying leave that game alone if you're a betting person, Quirpa. Yeah, 14 is, is a tough one, Brian. I mean, I, and I, I, I think the 14 without even seeing the, seeing the uh, you know, seeing the line. So um, I would stay away from this one as well. Well, you did it perfect because it's like 14 and a half right now. So good job, Quirk. Yeah, that's <laughs> – thanks. I, I mean, I, I just – you know, I just look at it. I, I think about – I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. If, if you're going to do anything, I think you stay away from the spread itself and make this one of your over-under picks. I mean, if if you really want to put money on this game – Take the over. I think the over right now is set at 54. I think there's going to be 70 points scored in this game easily. So um, I, I think if you're going to do anything, take the over in this one. I think Ole Miss is going to put points up on that defense. I just don't think uh, I just don't think it's going to be 
uh, anything where you know you should touch the the spread itself. So I might do that, Brian. I might actually put a little bit on the on the over on this game. I think it's around sixty, I believe, somewhere in the sixty range. So if you think it's there, it's fifty-five and a half right now. Yeah, I, I'm looking at it. It says fifty-four and a half. So I definitely think it's going to go over. Okay. Well, well, Cuervo, here's a game. You might call me crazy here. I've got a huge upset special for you this weekend and everybody listening. Uh, you may call me crazy, but I just have a feeling about this game, Cuervo. Stanford goes on the road to Washington State. The mad scientist at home, he's, he's done a lot with his program to get him back to, to winning football games. Stanford hasn't impressed me this season. They did beat Arizona State last weekend. Stanford, but now they have to travel. Cuervo, Stanford's a 10-point favorite, and I'm picking Washington State to pull the upset and and give Stanford their first loss. You know, Brian, I mean, that doesn't that doesn't really surprise me at all. Um, I think this could be a game where Washington State, I think the, the way that they're going to win this game, first of all, it's a night game at home, okay? And this is a, this is a night road game for – Stanford, so that right there spells spells uh, you know upset. Uh, second of all, I think right now when you look at Stanford, um, you you have to look at what they've done so far this year. And correct me if I'm wrong, the, the competition that they've played so far hasn't really been a whole lot. I mean, has there been a game so far that that uh, you can say you've been impressed by with as far as Stanford is concerned? I mean, the first half last week against Arizona State, and again, I'm not big on Arizona State by no means. It was just a bad matchup for Arizona State, but Stanford almost pissed away that lead. They cut it down to, um, what, 10 points there at the end. So I haven't been impressed with Stanford at all. I I mean, against Army, they looked terrible, and then they played, I think they played San Jose State early in the season and didn't cover. This is a team that's vulnerable, and I don't think they can score a lot of points in the Pac-12. And, and what do you think Washington State's going to try to do? They're going to try to get them in a track meet with them, and, and they're going to force them into that track meet. I'm telling you, Washington State is better than last year. They went into Southern Cal, and, yes, I know Southern Cal is not as good this year, but they won. They beat Southern Cal on the road. How much confidence does that give Washington State right now? All the confidence in the world, Brian. I mean, you know, you beat USC – um, I don't care how down they are. I mean, you still you beat the University of Southern California. You beat the USC Trojans. That's a big deal. So, um, you know, it's it's one of those things where that that win right there really solidified how good of a season Washington State could potentially have. So, um, you know, for for Washington State, I think I think the key. For it, and I think what exactly what's going to happen is Stanford or uh, Washington State's going to come out to a very fast start. I think you're going to see them put up a couple of quick touchdowns. It could be something where um, they might even score, okay? And then they may they may throw Stanford off guard and kick an onside kick recovery, go down the go down the field and score again. And before you know it, three minutes into the game, it's a 14 nothing uh, advantage for Washington State. So um, I, I think I think that's the way that 
that they set the tone is they got they got to come out and they got to come out real fast. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and and I know it was Auburn, and they're they're not as good this year. Or, you know, from last year, people have them low, but they went in at night, and I was at that game, and I watched Washington State give Auburn all they wanted, and they played physical too. That's one thing that, that surprised me about Washington State how physical they were up front, Cuervo. They could they could lay it down on teams and. Now going out play at Stanford, especially being at home at night, I don't think they're going to be intimidated. I think they could have been intimidated when they went on the road in the SEC at night and then went on the road at night to Southern Cal, but I just don't think they're going to be intimidated. And if you remember last season, Washington State had their worst season in a while. They almost beat Stanford in Stanford, Cuervo. So this is a matchup that I think the mad scientist is going to win. I think he understands what it's going to take to beat Stanford. And I've been saying it all season, preseason, everything. Stanford is overrated. I think people are putting too much stock into those guys right now. Yeah, and I looked at their schedule, Brian. Nothing impresses me so far about Stanford. They've had wins against Arizona State. Okay, I'll give them that one. That was, you know, that was a a Pac-12 opponent, and they beat them by two touchdowns. But to win against San Jose State and Army, you know, by a combined total of uh, 68 to 33, I mean, 60, they should have scored 68 on Army and themselves, and they only put up 34 points on them. So Stanford is, is, is still good. They're a top five team. However, um, they are not what we're used to seeing. They're not what, you know, what they have been in the past. So, uh, I, I really think that Washington State has a, a very good chance of winning. I'm on board with you on this one, Brian. I think I think Wazoo uh, gets it done at home at night. I wonder what Sonny's pick would be this week. Somebody's a 40-point underdog going to pull the win off, and it happens. Sonny always gives us his upset specials every week. I'm just interested to see what he would say this weekend if he calls in tonight, who he's picking. But but look at this game, Cuervo. Notre Dame's at home this year. They went on the road last year and, and embarrassed Oklahoma. But I think this is a different Oklahoma team, Cuervo. Oklahoma's a four-point favorite in Notre Dame right now. Do you see Notre Dame pulling off a win at home against Oklahoma? Um, I, I think when you look at this, what the heck, my iPad's acting stupid right now. Um, I, I'm looking at this one. Oklahoma's a four-point favorite. And, um, yeah, I, I think when you look at this game, you have to look at the quarterback play. Right now, um, you know, for for uh, for Oklahoma, I mean, you know, their, their quarterback, and I can't think of his name right now, but um, Blake Bell. He's, he's been – yeah, Bell. That's right, Bell. Uh, he's he's playing he's playing well. I mean he's got them at three and now. You look at Tommy Reese. Um, you know I think he's filled in well for Everett Goldson so far, uh, with the exception of the the Michigan game. Uh, I mean he's he's played he's played exactly what Brian Kelly has expected. Uh, his expectations have have been exactly what they thought they were going to be. So. Um, I think this is going to be a game where it, it could come down to, um, you know, a couple of stops. It's going to be the defenses that they're going to have to rely on, you know, who who can stop whose defense first in reality. So 
I think at the end of the day, though, um, I'm looking at Oklahoma to get it done. I, I just don't think Notre Dame has the, you know, that, that uh, how do you say it? And they don't have that edge that they did last year. I just don't see it in them like I did last year. So I think I'm going to go with uh, I think I'm going to go with the Sooners on this one. Yeah, I'm going with Oklahoma as well, and I think it's going to be because of their defense. I think Oklahoma's defense is going to come in and shut down Notre Dame's offense, and I think Blake Bell's going to be able to run the football eventually on Notre Dame. That's where I look in the fourth quarter. I think Oklahoma's going to wear that defense down, and you got to remember Notre Dame lost to Michigan Cuervo, the same team that. Akron should have beat them, and UConn should have beat them. They had to run, escape for their life out there those last two games. So, really, how good is Michigan, which makes you really wonder how good is Notre Dame because they haven't looked impressive to me any game this season. And I think Oklahoma is just that team with a chip on their shoulder this season that, that has a lot to play for that's going to just kill Notre Dame. I don't, I don't mean I'm, at least by two touchdowns is what I'm going to pick this game at. Oh, so you definitely think that Oklahoma's going to cover it in this one? Mm-hmm. I do. Something, something like 27 to 10, maybe something like that. I think Oklahoma takes care of business. Yeah, I could see that, Ryan. I could see it, you know, 20, you know, 28 to 28 to 17, 28 to 14, something, something around there. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting game that a lot of people are going to be watching. It's in prime time at night, I think. I think that game or is it a day game. Let me look at the time. It is it's a day 330. game. Oh, it's yeah, still, it's uh, a 3.30 Eastern game. Okay. Well, still, it's on the NBC. I think Oklahoma will be ready regardless. It may be good for Oklahoma that it's not a night game in South Bend. So we'll keep an eye on that one. Both of us are picking Oklahoma in that one. And here's a game that I want to see if you're ready to pull the upset on. And I'm just, I just don't know how you feel about it. South Carolina on the road, a noon kickoff against Central Florida. A lot of people have South Carolina on upset alert, Cuervo. Central Florida did beat Penn State. They have looked good this year. Are you ready to pull the upset? No, but I bet Sonny Clark would. Um, this would probably be his pick of the week uh, <laughs> as far as as far as uh, you know, his, his crazy pick of the week. Uh, I think I think Sonny would pull the trigger if anybody. No, nah, I don't think. I mean, UCF's got some good pieces from what I remember. I just don't think they have enough to uh, to beat a team like South Carolina. No, nah, I'm not going to do it. I, you know, but I will say this though, Brian. I don't even think they'll cover the seven points that that they're being that they're being favored by. So. No, I like South Carolina just to win the football game outright. Um, it may not even be by seven. Well, well, Cuervo, should I call Sonny and get his upset pick of the week? Ah, uh, well, you could definitely try. I don't know if he's busy or not, but we can we can try it. Well, I'm going to try this and and just see. This is way in sports talking. And uh, on campus for Cuervo here, we can call anybody we want to. And uh, I'm going to get Sonny on the line. He's he's done this to me before, so I'm paying him back right here, Cuervo. I'm going to try to see I'm going to see if Sonny can uh, answer the phone here. I think I have to hit a one in front of it, I believe. Hold on. 
I'm not very good at uh at calling people from our studio. So we're gonna try it. I'm gonna try one more time to see if Sonny will answer the phone. We are having some technical difficulties Hello? in our studio. Sonny Hello? Clark. Yeah. Sonny Clark. Hey, Brian Tarvin and Cuervo here. Away in sports talk. We've been talking about you today, and uh, we we need to see your your upset pick of the week in college football. Your crazy pick of the week is Cuervo called. Oh crap! You, you you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> How the hell am I supposed to know that? I mean, you I'm not the genius of this, but hold on. I think, and I say think because I don't know the college uh, scoreboard. Um, uh, per se. However, the, give me give me some ideas of what's going on out there as far as the games are concerned. Well, I picked a crazy upset, and, and Cuervo said you would probably pick it as well. Washington State at home against Stanford. We we both picked Washington State to pull the upset over Stanford. We just wanted your thoughts on. Jeez, I mean, I, I mean, if you're gonna go out and say something crazy, that's not crazy, and I'm gonna tell you the reason why. Okay, Washington State's already knocked off USC, right? Or they've knocked off a a, a premier player, right? Or in, in okay, so I don't think that's I don't think that that's the big upset that's out there that people can take a look at, but I I but the game I think that possibly could, and the only in Cuervo knows how I feel about late games. I think late games are a great way of having uh, upsets. I think Wisconsin, after that loss, is pissed off, folks. I'm telling you. They're not happy about it. It was a BS call. Everybody knows it was a BS call. You know, so so that whole thing, Ohio State's in trouble this week. And, and the reason why they're in trouble is because the Wisconsin can run the football. And... and I know Ohio State's got one of those defenses that can sit there and go up against a lot of players, but I just have one of those sneaking suspicions that we can see um, we can see Washington's running game have a very good day. Now, remember, Ohio State has one of the the na- nation's longest active winning streaks at 16, and they have never lost with with Meyer. Okay. But I have a feeling this is that sneaking suspicion inside me. This is also that Big Ten game that you know people, you know th- these teams they they're they're like Rams. They ram heads together. This is my crazy up. I, I have people already telling me, Sonny, you're nuts thinking that that Wisconsin can go out there and beat them. And I think, but I think they can. Um, uh, as far as that's concerned, remember Wisconsin also rolled up 388 yards on the ground against Purdue last weekend. If they're gonna, if Wisconsin wins that football game, it's gonna have to be on the ground. I think they also do it, and I think that's where the upset comes from. Cuervo, are you on board with this? Well, uh, Brian, I mean, I did, I did pick. Ohio State to go undefeated this season uh, at the beginning. However, I, I look at the way Ohio State's defense plays, and I'm not impressed. I'm really not. I mean, you, you look at it. They gave up in week one. They gave up 20 points to the Buffalo football team. Not the Buffalo Bills. 
But the Buffalo Bulls, okay? So that that's 20 points. <laughs> then two weeks later, they go to Cal, and they gave up 34 points. Now, they scored 52, great. However, you have to ask yourself, how long can a team go like that where, you know, they're scoring points, they're scoring a lot of points, but they're giving up a lot at the same time? That's only going to last so long before you run into a team that is going to stop you once in a while. And I think this is the week where it could happen, where Wisconsin's going to be that team that is going to put points up and they're going to stop Ohio State just enough to where they could potentially, uh, you know, beat Ohio State. And, and, and that game is at the horseshoe, too, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It's in the game State. is at the horseshoe, yes. But I'm with Sonny on that one, and and Sonny, you know, you know, you like the NFL a lot. Is it? Would it be a crazy pick if I said Jacksonville was going to upset Indianapolis? Yes. Look, look, <laughs> look, and I say, and I say that because look at what Indianapolis do. It did last week. No one expected them to win that football game. Okay, the line was eleven, and this is the Indianapolis Colts with Andrew Luck. The line was eleven, if I'm not mistaken. I might be thinking wrong, yeah, but the line was. was ten at least, and and, and they out they won that game outright, and I thought they would win that game outright. So you know. No, Indianapolis is a good football team. Uh, they may have lost a few things, but they're – no, 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 not at all, gentlemen, not at all. But, but can they cover? Can Jacksonville cover that nine What's and the half number? Spread? I think it's nine and a half right now. I don't think so. Jackson, Jacksonville couldn't stop – I'm going to tell you right now, and we talk about how college teams could not stand up in the NFL, the worst NFL football team could be any college, the best college football team. That's just not the case in Jacksonville. And, the, and I'm going to tell you straight out also, you guys thought I was kind of drinking the, the, the crazy juice about Tim Tebow? What's, why are we not talking about Tim Tebow down in Jacksonville starting for this football team? I mean, they Thank don't you. have anything to lose. They're 0-3. You bring in the golden boy, let him win some football games for you and breathe some air. Give the, Jackson, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I love them so much, they need CPR. And it comes in the form of Tim Tebow. And it doesn't matter if the rest of the team's not good. The excitement over Tim Tebow is going to get overplayed. That's where the other stuff could come in and win football games for you. Now, are they going to win a bunch of football games? No. But guess what? They'll put people in the stadium because if the yep. next game the Jacksonville Jaguars have in Jacksonville, I will I, I will have a heart attack if they get over the 20,000 people in that stadium to watch that horrible mess that's happening on the football field. Yeah, you could get Tim Tebow guys at a discount because he just wants to play. You could sell out every home game you had. So out. Everyone. You could sell jerseys, any kind of memorabilia, everything. Concessions goes up, and these guys are stupid. And I'm, I'm not a Tebow yes. fan. I'm not, but they're stupid for not doing this. Because Business. here's the deal. I mean, there's nothing to lose. They suck anyway. Yep. Business. If you're going to do business, Okay, you are right. Hey, you're zero and three. All you gotta do is look at the stats and say how many teams that start off zero and three that don't make the playoffs. You know what you are. Now it's time to do business, and business is Tim Tebow. Now, 
I'm not saying he's the best quarterback. I'm not saying that he's going to win a bunch of football games. But at now, the Jacksonville Jaguars need to cover their butt and do something about business because I don't want to hear about the Jacksonville Jaguars, quote-unquote, having to lay office workers off because of uh, attendance at the football field. They could do something about it, and if they don't, they're in their own hole. And that's you know, it's, they're making it very hard to be a fan of that football team. Cuervo's so, letting brings up a great point. Here's another, just to let you know, guys, and I do have to go because I actually have a meeting here tonight, and I got to hop in the shower. So, um, but thanks for giving me a call. Thanks for giving me a couple minutes, anyway. All right, Sonny. I'm, I'm, thank you for coming on and giving us your crazy pick of the week, and uh, we'll yeah. see you tomorrow, buddy. Have a great night. Wisconsin, crazy pick of the week, and uh, but you're right. All right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, see you, Sonny. All right, bye. That was Sonny Clark from the Couch Potato. That being said, Cuervo, Sonny never disappoints, man. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I, I, I think uh, you know the, the crazier thing is now we're talking about. Tim Tebow to the Jaguars, and what I wanted to bring up is I know for a fact that there are Jaguar fans out there that want this. They want they want it bad. Um, the reason I say that is because I don't know if you heard the story, but there was an actual uh, there was an actual protest down in, in the Jacksonville area to uh, to bring him in. And uh, the, the funny thing about it is, it was about twenty. It was about twenty fans. It was so one a lot. However, they, <laughs> they attempted to, to do this this protest. And the and the funny thing about it was, it started at three sixteen p.m. Okay, now why three sixteen? Obviously, because of the Bible verse John three sixteen, and that that's. You know that I guess that's Tebow's favorite Bible verse and whatnot. So they started at three sixteen, and I believe it went for three hours and sixteen minutes. So uh, wow. <laughs> I thought, you know, I mean, that just tells you right there that that's how I don't want to say desperate, but that's how that's how much they want they want a reason to cheer for this team. And yeah, you know, Tim Tebow, I think. It could be the answer, and like you guys said, you you'll get them for you'll get them for a sack of potatoes, Brian. I mean, you can yeah. probably sign them to a a one million dollar contract, if that, and he'll be like, cool, you know, just give me the opportunity to play quarterback. He said it over yeah. and over again. I want to play in the NFL. I want to play quarterback, and I think I think uh, I think that's you know, hey, I mean, Blaine well, Gabbert I mean, is not not much better. Oh, he's terrible. Look, here's the deal. If you're a businessman, like Sonny said, if you're going to suck, at least get rich while you suck. I mean, seriously, you could get Tim Tebow for nothing, and the problem is they should have done this a couple years ago. Tim Tebow's home would have been Jacksonville, and you know all the crazy Gator fans out there would come and watch him play. If he would have started his career in Jacksonville, uh, Cuervo, I think Jacksonville would be a lot better off right now and so would the owner. I mean, he'd be a lot more rich. I don't care how bad they suck. If Tim Tebow's at the quarterback position, Cuervo, they're going to sell out every game. And I just don't understand Jacksonville. Maybe they suck because they have such terrible ownership, stupid ownership. Yeah, they do. And, I mean, 
that's the new owner. It just it just doesn't seem like he seems like a penny pincher, Brian. It, it seems like he don't want to spend money. He doesn't want to dish out the money to uh, make this team better. And uh, I'm telling you, Jacksonville, they they I think it's one of those things where they're gonna, you know, they better they better uh, enjoy the time that they are down there because they may not be in Jacksonville for much longer. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, they'll eventually move if, if nothing happens. But Tim Tebow, you know, I've never liked him before. And, I, you know, when everybody jumped on his bandwagon when he came into the NFL, I was like, please, this guy's not a quarterback. But if, if I want anybody to be a good quarterback, and I know you hate Florida too, but I would really like to see this guy come back and do something good because, I mean, he's he's been through the ups and now – Cuervo, he's been through the downs, and I mean, it couldn't get much lower. But I would like to see Tim Tebow. Could you see a story in the next five years, maybe, where you have a Super Bowl and Tim Tebow's in it, and they start talking about this story, how he was cut from New England, how he was kicked from the Jets, from Denver. I mean, all of these different stories, and all of a sudden, he's a Super Bowl champion. Could you see that? (laughs) No, I don't think I see that, but I mean... (laughs) <laughs> that would be an amazing story, though. That would be something. That would be an amazing story to see all the adversity that this guy has gotten thrown his way where, you know, people just didn't believe in him except himself, and he turns around and he wins, he wins a, a, you know, a Vince Lombardi trophy. So, But well, let's, you, let's be real. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, if you read the Bible, Cuervo, and uh, probably everybody that listens to the show has before, uh, you saw God in the Old Testament and you perform miracles and he took the the least expected person to to show out and show his show who he is and his power. I mean, could you I could see Tim Tebow rising up and, and doing something. It wouldn't surprise me, I'll put it that way. Because the guy all all it takes is somebody working with him a little bit, getting his mechanics. Uh maybe he's working on that right now while he's not playing, but I do believe we haven't heard the last of Tim Tebow at quarterback in the NFL. It's just not gonna end like this for him. He's just too much of a competitor. Yeah, I think he is too, and I mean you know, with some of these teams, you know, they're heading in that direction where, you know, they're they're obviously not happy with their quarterback. So I mean, why not look into another direction? Uh, for Cuervo, another big game coming up in college football this weekend. Seven o'clock Eastern kicks. Florida Atlantic's traveling to Rice for a night game. I mean, give us your thoughts on on Rice. Tell us about that offensive line. <laughs> I'm joking, man. I'm joking. I, 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 I had to throw one, a throw you a curveball, but but seriously, a game right here, Florida without their quarterback, and they lost their best defensive player as well this week, Cuervo, goes on the road a night game in Kentucky. Man, I can I can smell upset in this game, man. I can really smell an upset. Um, yeah, I mean, Florida, Kentucky, I, I think um, – I mean, you want to talk about crazy picks of the week. I think this this could be the potential – yeah, another potential uh, upset right here. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, you, you know, Florida loses Driscoll for the year, and um, yeah, you never know. You never know what can happen. So, uh, I I don't think Kentucky's quite ready yet, though, to make that leap, so to say. 
but uh, I think I think Kentucky's going to keep it close. Uh, Florida's an eleven and a half point favorite. I, I would I could see them winning by ten. I don't think it'll be eleven and a half though. I, I think Kentucky can win this football game, man. I really do. I think a lot of things are going bad at Florida. Tennessee gave Florida that game last weekend. I'm telling you, if Tennessee had to turn the ball over six times, there'd be a different outcome in that game. So I think Kentucky plays better at home. Or if that game would have been in Neyland Stadium, Tennessee would have beaten Florida. I'm telling you, Florida is in trouble. I think it's just spiraling out of control now. They lose their leadership off the offense and the defense now. It's just not looking good for uh, Muschamp over there in Florida. I think it's it's going to be a tough road ahead of him. And so, we're, are you going to pick the upset? Could you pick it? Come on, Cuervo, give me an upset. Kentucky, Kentucky. Um, yeah, I I think if I'm going to pick any of them, it'll probably be this one. Um, you know, one, one another one I'm looking at too, and and don't laugh. But I mean, A and M, A and M going to Arkansas. Uh, you know, I, I, I think, I think, you know, that could be one to look out for as well. Well, it was funny on Wednesday night show. We talked about this game, and the point spread came out, and it said, you know, only a couple of casinos had it, but they had Texas A and M as a three-point favorite, and I was like, oh my god, that something's wrong with this line. And it was a couple of days. They come back out at 16. So A&M is a 16-point favorite. But but without their quarterback, you know, Arkansas had Rutgers beat pretty good on the road last week. And one thing that Texas A&M can't do, Cuervo, is stop the run. And that's what Arkansas does. So I can see it, man. I can see it possibly happening. If Arkansas can get some stops and and turn make Texas A&M turn the ball over, Arkansas is a very tough place to play. Fayetteville's very tough. So, wow, if that happens, Cuervo, I'll have to anoint you king of college football, man. <laughs> well, and, you know, another thing I'm looking at too, Brian, is, and this may be a little, uh, you know, fluctuated, maybe a little over, over, you know, a little overboard. But I look at A&M's defense. Like you said, they don't stop the run very well. And on top of that, they give up 30 points a game. Luckily for them, they score 50. However, again, they only they give up thirty. That's that's you know good for number ninety in the nation. Arkansas, on the other hand, yeah, they only score twenty eight. But guess what? They they only give up sixteen. So I think the Arkansas defense is what could be the difference in this football game. So you know what? Wow. I'm not, I don't think I'm going to get Florida Kentucky, but. I'll give you. I'll give you this one. I think Arkansas uh, beats Johnny Manziel at home. I, I, I like Arkansas wow. over A and M. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Cuervo with the big, huge upset prediction. Man, we're, we've given you three so far tonight. Possibly four, I think. Upset picks this week. Grab your bookie by the balls and break him. Cuervo says. Oh man, could you imagine taking Arkansas on the money line? Let me see what the money line is on this Cuervo right quick. A huge oh, it's got to be at least three to one. Yeah, but here's the deal: I picked a ten-point underdog to win. Sonny picks a seven-point underdog to win. But Cuervo's coming out and picking a sixteen-point underdog, maybe sixteen and a half. Um, the line is plus five hundred Cuervo, so five to one. Oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, put a hundred. You, 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 
Right. You put you put you put a hundred bucks on that. You're going to win five back. The bad thing is, if you took A and M to win the game, though, if you put a if you bet a hundred dollars, you'll win a hundred dollars. But if you lose, you lose seven hundred dollars right there. No, you win. Hold on, you'll win. Um, like thirty bucks if you put a hundred dollars on A and M to beat Arkansas straight up. If they lose, you lose seven hundred dollars. That's what kind of money we're talking here. So I feel a lot more comfortable uh, with this pick. And here's another thing that nobody's talking about, Cuervo. You know the running, the the rain, uh, a lot of rain, thunderstorms benefits the rushing team and the home team, in my opinion. So it's sixty percent chance of showers and thunderstorms. Imagine A&M trying to play in the rain with that offense. That could really slow Johnny Manziel down. Well, I mean, I think it could, too. And I think it could force him to tuck and run a little bit more than maybe he wants to. And right now, I mean, like I said, I mean, it's when it comes to running the football, yeah, A&M's, you know, they, they rush for over 200 yards a game. Uh, however, again, that's that's not their bread and butter. I mean, it's it's Manziel throwing the football, and uh, I think that's what's going to be the difference. So uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to give you uh, I'm going to give you Arkansas over Texas A&M. Well, well, you heard it here. That's a huge pick. I gave you Washington State. Cuervo likes that. Sonny gives you Wisconsin, and I give you possibly Kentucky over Florida. These are some big games right here that could easily happen and. And Cuervo, I saved the best for last, man. I saved the best game for last, and that is Georgia at home against LSU. I mean, everybody is talking about how good LSU is, how great Mettenberger is. And if you remember, Mettenberger actually got kicked out of Georgia. Now he's at LSU, and the running back for uh, LSU should still be in jail, really, and not playing football. So, Wow, this could be a huge game right here. Two programs with a lot of arrests playing each other. The only thing is, this is between the hedges. Is Mark Rick's job on the line, Cuervo? If he loses this game, I really could it could spiral down for them. You never know how it could impact them. But is Mark Rick's job on the line with a loss in this game? Well, I thought you were. I thought when you said game of the week, I thought you were talking about Toledo and Ball State. But I, I guess I was off a little bit. Just a little. I, I, I had to scratch that off late. <laughs> yeah, that's not exactly, uh, you know, the highlight of the week. But, uh, okay, yeah, or Connecticut-Buffalo, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Um, hey, Buffalo, I mean, Buffalo beats Connecticut. Buffalo beats Connecticut. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's another upset, right? Uh, I think that line's pretty close, actually. But, yeah, I'm going to call it upset. Hey, here, here's a crazy pick for you, Cuervo. California goes on the road to Eugene and beats them. 38-point underdog. What do you think? <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's – I mean, the upset in that is I think Oregon may not score 60 in this game. Well, the over-under in this game is 82. It's been a while since I've seen an oh, over-under that high. 82. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. My God, that's a lot of points. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, 70% chance of rain, and that not just rain, heavy rainfall. So 82 points in the rain. If you're going to get your bet in right now, if you like the under, you better do it now before it drops to about 70. Yeah. 
Well, I don't think it's going to matter. I mean, Oregon runs the ball anyways. That's all they do is run. So I think I think they could still, you know, put up 60 on Cal. Uh, but I think that would be the upset is if they don't reach that 60-point mark. Um yeah, so I, I, I think I think it could very well be under though too. You never know, never know, but we'll see. Uh, but as far as Georgia LSU is concerned, uh, you were talking about Mark Rick, and um, I, I I don't know what it is, Brian, but I, I kind of I see Georgia as a different type of team this year. I see them with a little more, a little more, uh, a little more physicality, a little more toughness. And that was the one thing that we we definitely uh, hit on at the beginning of the year was we didn't feel like Georgia was was had that toughness in them and uh, you know the Bulldogs they've turned it around maybe they listened to the show or or something Brian but they've they've actually uh, showed a lot more toughness than than normal. Well, I heard Kenny Powers came and gave a speech to him you know before the season. You know, inspired them a little bit. Maybe, maybe the Vince Dooley interview away in sports inspired them. You know, I don't know what it is, but but you're right. They're tough, and they're playing. And everybody talks about North Texas last week. Oh, they struggled against North Texas. Well, North Texas is a a, a good football team, guys. They're not terrible. Uh, they have a good offense. They have a lot of senior leadership on that team. And you know as well as I do, Cuervo, Georgia plays to the level of competition, especially before playing LSU. Did you really think those Georgia players wanted to go out in the rain and get injured uh, against North Texas before they played LSU? No, they didn't. Those guys let up a lot. They didn't cover the spread. And everybody's judging them on that game. But, look, Clemson is a good football team, guys. They lost at night to a real good football team by three points. They turned around and, and just pistol-whipped South Carolina in Athens, and now their season is there right in front of them for the taking. LSU comes in, and I'm telling you, Georgia puts up at least 31 points on this LSU team, at least, Cuervo, and, and Georgia gets it done. I, I think I think Georgia's going to make some big plays on defense being at home. They're going to pick Mettenberger a couple of times. Yeah, I think that could happen too, uh, Brian, and I think uh, they're going to bait. I think the big thing is you're going to see Georgia's defense bait Mettenberger into making throws that uh, he probably shouldn't be making. I mean, you have to, you have to, uh, you know, take advantage of the lack of experience that Mettenberger has. I mean, three games isn't enough as far as. you know, experience is concerned. So I think you're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see a lot of defense, uh, you know, defensive disguising that George is going to do. And I think they're going to bait Mettenberger into a couple of throws that's going to turn into turnovers. And and I think it's going to set nicely up. It's going to set up nicely for Georgia to uh, have short field, uh, you know, opportunities to put points on the board. So I think that's going to be the difference. Yeah, so you're picking Georgia in this game, and I'm picking Georgia. And I'll be honest with you, Cuervo, a lot of people, we're in the minority because a lot of people are on LSU right now. And I, I just really, in my mind, I can't see Georgia laying an egg at home in this game. And, and what everybody always talks about Mark Rick is he's always dropped the ball in big games. Well, here's a chance for him not to drop the ball and to get the monkey off his back. But let's remember this. Aaron Murray's a senior. This is his – his last chance to play LSU and uh, to really play in the SEC championship or possibly get a national championship. So 
how important is this game to to Aaron Murray right now, Cuervo? Because if they beat LSU, I really do think they're a title contender right now. Well, I think it's very important for Aaron Murray, not just for the for the team, but I mean, if his goal is to play at the next level, I mean, this is, you know, this is the type of game that you want to go out there and you want to you want to really impress some scouts, uh, you know, for next year's draft. So you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, just the quarterback, the quarterback uh, pool is not going to be that strong. Well, if Aaron Murray goes out and he wins this game against LSU and he looks good, um, you know, people may be talking differently. They may be like, hey, this is the one guy that you that you trade up and you get if you're, you know, Jacksonville, but you wind up with the number three pick or you're, uh, you know, Tampa Bay and you wind up with the number five pick or something like that. You want to trade up, and you want to get Aaron Murray if he plays good in this game. Yeah, I mean this is this is huge, and he played good against Alabama last year. And uh, just a lot to be said for a senior on a team that started four years, and just really excited to see what he can do tomorrow against LSU. Cuervo, I'm a big I'm a big favorite of Georgia in this game. I really like him. And before we go, I do want to go over something real quick. I pulled up. I wanted to give you some baseball odds for the World Series, for the American League, all that stuff. Do you have a minute to hang around and go over this with me? Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Let's do it. All right, all right. See, to win the World Series now, this is odds to win the World Series. The favorite to win the World Series right now is the Dodgers. They're the Dodgers plus 250, followed by the the Detroit Tigers plus 285. So they're second place. The team projected third to win the World Series is the Atlanta Braves, or no, the Red Sox at plus 300, and then at fourth, the Atlanta Braves at 450. So give me your thoughts about that. We have the Dodgers plus 250, Detroit plus 285, the Red Sox plus 300, and the Braves plus 450. I mean, that's saying a lot right there just in those numbers. Oh, definitely. And I've got the numbers that I have are a little bit different. Um, the uh, the ones that are favored according to the website that I'm looking at, Boston is actually uh, favored the most at plus three and a quarter. Uh, again, the red that's the Red Sox. You got the Dodgers at three and a half. Then next you have Detroit at uh, plus uh, 4.75. Next you have. Uh, Actually, you have the St. Louis Cardinals at seven and a quarter, and then you got the Braves at seven and a half. So, if I'm if if you had these odds, I mean, would you would you take a chance on the Braves? I mean, they're number five according to this list. Yeah, I mean, I would, and I'm looking at this list of National League, and this might be surprising to you, Cuervo. On my National League list, the Braves are at plus 130 to win the National League, and they're in second place. The Dodgers minus 110, but in third place is the Cardinals at plus 200. I find that surprising. I thought that the Cardinals would probably be favored to beat the Braves just as with all the experience they've had in the past. But this ought to show you these stats, how important it is for the Braves to win the home field advantage and let St. Louis and the Dodgers play immediately. Hopefully hopefully the Cardinals can beat the Dodgers, and I think that's the biggest, the toughest opponent for the Braves. So are you surprised with those numbers in the National League that I'm reading you? 
Uh, I, I mean, I am a little bit. It's, but it's like I said at the beginning of the show, right? I mean, you, you look at the Cardinals, and I think a lot of people are expecting them, once again, to fly under the radar. And that's when they play the best is when the attempt on other teams. So uh, I, the, the odds that I have on the website I'm using, you have uh, the Dodgers at plus, you know, plus one. Uh, you know, plus 100, and then you've got next is St. Louis at 315, uh, Atlanta at 320, and then you've got um, Cincinnati at plus seven 700. So it's uh, you know that it's it's a significant jump from Atlanta to Cincinnati. So I think the way they're looking at it is there's only three teams that are have a realistic shot of the World Series. And over in American League, you've got uh, Boston at 175. Next is the Detroit Tigers at 200. And then uh, actually the Oakland A's come in third at plus 350. Then it's the, the Tampa Bay Rays. So that, that kind of surprised me a little bit, too. You're talking about a team that has actually been to the World Series already, not as, not as favored as a team who hasn't been there in 20 years with the Oakland A's. Well, well, call me crazy, but I'm looking at the National League odds, and I see a good bet that would be plus 750, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, you know as well as I do in baseball, anything can happen. And Pittsburgh has a couple of strikeout pitchers and a good team this year. So you put 100 on Pittsburgh, Cuervo, you walk away with 750. I think that's a great, I mean, great bang for your buck right there. If you want an underdog, in the National League, the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Cincinnati Reds are at plus 450, that wouldn't be a bad play either because I could see either one of those teams winning the National League. That's how wide open it is this year. Yeah, I think so too. And, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I mean, the Pirates, it's, it's, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, Brian, you know, you as well as I know that it's all about pitching. And whoever's got the hot pitch is probably going to, you know, have a really good shot at at getting to the bit, you know, to the, you know, the fall classic. And right now, I mean, I mean, like you said, I mean, Pittsburgh's got some, some good young arms. Um, so it's not the, to me, it's the worst thing. It's not the worst thing to put a little bit of money on the pirates. I've got them at plus 775. So almost, almost 800, uh, eight times the, the, you know, the, the bet you would win back. So that's that's amazing, and uh, they're actually the least favorite out of the National League teams. Yeah, that's a team to watch out for, and um, just excited to see what's about to happen, Cuervo. I'm always excited about some baseball, but it is hard to watch when you have college football going on on Saturday and Thursday, and you have NFL going on on Thursday and Sunday. Cuervo is just not enough hours in the night, really, and hours in the day to be able to, to watch baseball right now. No, you'll just have to catch the highlights on Sports Center or whatever show you prefer to watch. So, I mean, in reality, that's all you really need. I mean, who really sits and watches a whole baseball game? If you do, no, you know, no offense. I personally don't do it that much unless it's the beginning of the year. Yeah, me either. I mean, it, I mean, it's hard, but I will be going to a playoff game, Cuervo, this year. So we'll see. I'm going to watch the Braves, see if they can uh, take care of business in the playoffs. I'm excited to see if they can. Yeah, I'm, and and I've it's it's a great experience. I've been to 
uh, playoff game as well. That's um, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, well, uh, hey, buddy, thanks for joining me today. Great talking sports with you and talking some football. Are you doing on campus tonight? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll probably set something up. Um, it'll probably be a little bit later, though. Um, Got to get my gym time in. But, um, I mean, what's are you available the, the rest of the evening, or you got you got anything you need to do? Or far the later, the better. I've got a couple of things um, that I do need to do, and I will keep in contact with you about that. Uh, my wife got home a little early today. She's taking a little nap, and I'm sure she's wanting to do something. But the later, the better. Okay, so uh, do you think maybe like nine o'clock your time would work for you? Yeah, I think that'd be about perfect. But I will send you a message in just a few minutes and let you know how it's looking. Sounds good. I think I actually just closed my browser here with the studio, and uh, without even, I think we're about out of time anyway. From what I set it up, a two-hour show. But man, it was awesome uh, talking sports with you. And I've got our five picks, and we'll see how we do against Colin Coward. I'll post it on Facebook, Cuervo. Um, if you want to go ahead and change yours, that's fine. Give us your five games or whatever in the NFL, and I'll get Colin to see what he's saying, and I'll put it on Facebook see how we do against him. And maybe ESPN will hire us, Cuervo. I don't know. What do you think? Well, that would be that would be the uh, that would be the dream job. Let me tell you, that would be that would be great. I would love that. Yeah, maybe they will. But man, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you tonight, buddy. And uh, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, we'll be on live weigh-in sports talk talk about all these great games. But, man, I appreciate you coming on. Hey, anytime, Tarvino. You have yourself a good one. All right, you too, buddy.